Well, good morning, everybody, and can I wish you all, whether you're here in the building or watching online, a very happy Easter. Happy Easter to you all. Pretty warm welcome and happy Easter to any visitors or friends with us here this morning, any family members. Great to have you here today as well. Do please stay for a drink afterwards. We've even got cakes and biscuits, so even greater incentives to stay around and have a chat afterwards. Uh, The thing is, it is Easter Sunday. Um, We're going to greet each other with a traditional Easter greeting. So in case you don't know what that is, I'm going to say Christ is risen. Then you will respond by saying he is risen indeed. And then together we will say hallelujah. So Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very good. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And if you've been able to make any events leading up to Easter, hopefully you've been encouraged, hopefully you've been inspired by some of those things. This evening you've got a chance to share some of those things. We've got a prayer and praise service here at six o'clock. So do please come along. And if you've got a word from the Bible, maybe a testimony, a song, whatever it is, come and share this evening at six o'clock. Romans 10.9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. It's a wonderful reassurance. And we're going to declare with our mouths now what it is we believe. Um, We're going to say the Apostles' Creed together, which is a statement of faith from the the 5th century. If you believe these words, then do please say them together with us. Um, If you're not yet at that point, that's fine. Um, Just maybe reflect on them, um, listen to them. If you've got any questions about them, do please come and have a word with me or Colin or Saab. Afterwards, The words are going to appear on the screen behind me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let's pray as we come to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we worship you today with joy in our hearts and thanksgiving on our lips. When the powers of evil had done their worst, crucifying your son and burying him in death, you raised him to life again, an act of power giving hope to the world. Lord Jesus, we rejoice that death could not keep you in its grip, that you were raised to life, alive forevermore. You greeted your friends, and now you stand amongst us in your risen power. Holy Spirit, you are always giving life to the people of God, giving birth to children of God. Make us more like Jesus, fill us with his love and use us to share the gospel with the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether we are seeking or broken, 
whether we're anxious or depressed or successful, whether we're young or old. It's only the risen Jesus who can carry us through it all. Those three words, he is risen, have the power to change every waking moment. Just like you to maybe chat with the person next to you and um, ask them this question. What difference has the fact that Jesus is risen made to your life? Maybe it hasn't made any difference yet, and if so, just be honest about that. But if it has made a difference to your life, what do you share that with the person sitting next to you? Um, what difference has it made to your life? Um, have a couple of minutes to do that, and then we'll just see what uh, you might want to share with the rest of us. So a couple of minutes just to chat to your neighbour. If you'd rather not, that's fine, just sit quietly. Um, don't want to force you to do anything you're uncomfortable with, but um, a couple of minutes. Well, hopefully you've had some, uh, some interesting conversations already. If I can just draw you together again. Um, does anybody want to share something that um, maybe their neighbour said to them or she said to their neighbour? Um, what difference does the fact that Jesus has risen made to your life over here? Go for it, Holly. Hope. 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 That's a great word, isn't it? Hope. What a wonderful difference that has made to our lives, for all us, when Jesus is risen. It's given us hope. Yeah, well done, Holly. Anyone else? Holly's got the ball rolling. Lila, go for it. We know we have Christ as a man, but as a God, interceding at the throne of grace for each of us, his children. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wonderful encouragement, isn't it? Christ is there. Oh, over here, Luca. Love. Love, yes, absolutely love. The reason Christ died, he rose again, is because of his love for us. A wonderful thing to, to be reassured about. Everlasting life. Everlasting life shows that um, death is not the end, that... Uh, there is everlasting life to look forward to with God in heaven. Well, we decided I wouldn't have my job. It wouldn't be any point. <laughs> <laughs> if he isn't risen. <laughs> I guess that, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. I don't think I'd have my job either. But uh, yes, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Joy and I were discussing that, to me, as many of you have seen the change in my life, accepting that Jesus is God because he rose again. And Joy was saying that we haven't got enough time to list all the blessings and praise that Jesus being risen has made to our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. It changes our lives today, doesn't it? Just the way we live our lives. If we know Christ has died for us, he's risen, changes the way we live our lives today. Anyone else? Last one. Anybody up in the balcony? Not that I can really throw this out there. But. <laughs> well, as the children go out, Jeff's going to come now and lead us in prayer. Um, before Deb brings us our reading and Colin comes up to, to preach. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, as we bow our heads in prayer, I'm going to read some words from the open tomb. Let's pray. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. 
There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Our Father in heaven, we thank and praise you for your amazing plan of salvation for mankind and for the restoration of all creation. We thank you for this Easter day when we can celebrate the resurrection of Jesus your beloved and only son from the dead. Thank you that he is the first fruit from among the dead, giving us the full harvest, the sure and certain hope of our resurrection from the dead. Please help us to believe, to take it in and to live it out. Thank you that we can now live in the sure and certain hope that your beautiful but broken creation is destined to be restored to perfection. Thank you that we will live there forever in your presence, all because of Jesus. We pray now for those who are working among the harvest fields abroad. We pray for David and Bini Mukir as they serve their church in India. Steve and Matilda Smith with Bible translation in South Asia. For Julian and Lydia Vasil pastoring in Romania. For Josh and Helen Chard learning language and ministering in Egypt. For John and Abby Hunt, teaching, writing and discipling in Nigeria. Rene and Simone Ku, translating the Bible for the Ayal. And Bethan and Tenabu Manga, serving in medical work and evangelism in Senegal. We pray for their joy in Christ to know no bounds, and that you would protect them from the evil one. Protect their minds, hearts, bodies and souls, as they proclaim the resurrection and eternal life in Christ. We pray for the word that goes out from them in all its forms, that it will achieve the purpose for which it has been sent, that many souls be gathered together in that great harvest. And this morning we lift to you Imtiaz, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for your blessing to rest upon him as he ministers to your people in that country. We pray, Heavenly Father, for safety for him, Lord, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for those to whom he is ministering, those new believers. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the danger that they are in. And we pray, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we can pray and that our prayers do make a difference. And we pray for that lady who came to trust you and her husband, Lord, who have had to move to safety. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to be with them. May they know your blessing today, this Easter morning. May they know your presence and your proximity to them. May they know your manifest presence with them. And may they be able to trust you all the days of their life, difficult as that's going to be. Be with Imitaz and pray, Father, for your blessing on his travels. Bless his health, Lord. Bless his strength. Thank you, Lord, that you have called him to this new ministry. And we pray for, Lord, that you would help him to establish that new ministry in that country. We pray for ourselves and the work of this church, that we would be found awake and alert 
to the harvest field around us that is white and wanting to be harvested. We pray that you would fill us with your spirit for power and boldness to do the work you've commissioned us to do. We pray for unity in our purpose, love in our relationships and grace in our disagreements. We pray for our nation that you'd raise up God-fearing leaders who believe and understand what you have done and what is yet to come. We pray for boldness to stand up for the truth and to tell the truth. We pray for wisdom in the realm of secularism and the fallout of mass unbelief, especially among our young people and the next generation. Have mercy on us, Lord. And so I just lift Colin to you as he brings your word in a moment. Pray, Father, for your anointing upon his mind and upon his lips as he brings us your word. And on our hearts as we receive your word, may we receive it with gladness and joy and may it change our lives forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. The reading this morning is from John chapter 20, starting at verse 1 and to the end of the chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, 
when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Thanks, Debs. Uh, Please do keep your Bible open as we look at this passage together. Let's pray as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we do pray that as we come to your word that we would see the risen, ascended and glorious Lord Jesus, that we would be struck by his beauty and one to him, that we would turn to him perhaps for the first time, uh, perhaps for the first of many, but that you would change us as we meet with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sure we've all heard uh, the Easter story at some point. Uh, The Easter story that Jesus, he came from heaven to earth. He lived a sinless life as a perfect man. He fulfilled the law. He went to the cross and there he died in our place. He died for our sins being nailed to the cross, crucified and dead. Three days later, he rose from from the grave. And so we celebrate Easter. We all know the story of Easter, or at least many of us do. And perhaps we might go through the motions when it comes to celebrating Easter, that we've perhaps heard it before. We might come to church and then have a big lamb roast afterwards, followed by as much chocolate as we can possibly eat without throwing up, and then go for a walk or perhaps promise to go for a walk before then falling asleep in front of Shrek on the TV. We have a a similar way of doing Easter. Perhaps for some of us, it is a, a real tradition. Some of us, maybe we just treat Easter like every other Sunday, that it doesn't really change, that it's not really special in any way. 
Maybe we think about, about it a bit like a New Year's party, that there's lots of hype towards it, but it never really lives up to the expectation that we place upon it. But as we think about Easter, the one thing that changes everything is not chocolate eggs, nor is it roast lamb or the Easter bunny, or even time with friends and family. No, the one thing that should change us at Easter is the hope of Easter, the hope of the resurrection. Because we know that Jesus is risen. As we must ask ourselves, well, why believe in the resurrection? Why believe in it? Because if Jesus made all these claims throughout the Gospels, claiming to be God, but didn't rise from the dead, then we shouldn't listen to him. He might be a very wise and good teacher. He might even be an example for us to live by. But he's not who he claimed to be. He is not God. But if Jesus really did rise from the dead, then it changes everything. It changes history and it changes your life and mine. Which really leads us to ask the question that we need to have an answer to the question. Do I believe in the resurrection? Because we'll see that through this passage, through John 20, that we, we can believe in the resurrection. We can believe in the resurrection because we see, firstly, the empty tomb. We see the empty tomb. As you look at the first episode with Mary Magdalene, uh, the disciple Simon Peter, and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, understood to really be the, the gospel writer John, uh, we see some frantic scenes. As early in the first day of the week, that is Sunday, uh, Mary, uh, she went to Jesus' tomb. She probably went there to embalm his body. And yet when she got there, she realized that the stone had been rolled away. And so in a panic, she comes running, running, which is something that you never did in that day. It was seen as dishonorable. She comes running to Simon Peter and to John. And in a panic, she says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. The they she's referring to, they are the enemies of Jesus. That would be the Roman authorities or the Jewish leaders at that time. Because there is, there is one theory that, that people would say, well, Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead, but his body, it was stolen. It was stolen by his enemies. However, if John was trying to disprove his critics about this, the, the stolen, stolen body idea, then he wouldn't have used the testimony of a woman. He wouldn't have used the testimony of Mary Magdalene, a woman who'd been delivered from demons. And women in that time had no value and no voice. But what we see here is an eyewitness account. That is the Gospel of John as he writes down the eyewitness accounts of people. This is the Gospel truth. And so Mary tells both Simon Peter and John, and they both frantically run towards the tomb, running in almost disbelief as to what Mary has just told them thinking to themselves, well, where is Jesus? Where is he if he's not in the tomb? Can he really have risen from the dead? And so John reaches the tomb first ahead of Simon Peter, but he doesn't go in. 
Instead, it says John bends over and looks in the tomb and sees the grave cloths lying there. He sees them, but he doesn't go in. It appeared really that the scene for him was just, it was too much. It was overwhelming for him to understand. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Where is his body? As even though, G, even though John, he reaches the tomb first, Simon Peter is the one that boldly strides in to the tomb. Peter, he sees the strips of linen lying there along with the cloth that was wrapped around Jesus' head. As it says, that, and the cloth was still lying in its place. And so again, if someone had stolen the body from the tomb, they wouldn't have had time to remove the cloth from Jesus' body, nor the cloth from Jesus' face. And so John, he seems to ask himself, well, where is he? Can it be that Jesus is risen? Until, as John tells us in verse 8, finally, finally, the other disciple, that is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. John had seen the empty tomb. He had seen the grave clothes lying there. He saw and believed because he is risen. And so as we read these eyewitnesses accounts, these eyewitness accounts, we, we can believe in the resurrection because there is an empty tomb. And some might say that, well, Jesus, the resurrection is just a metaphor. It's just a metaphor for hope. But there is no body in the tomb. Jesus has been raised from the dead. That is a fundamental and a historical fact. And so we we can believe in the resurrection because we see the empty tomb. And secondly, we can believe in the resurrection because we hear Jesus' voice. Mary Magdalene, uh, the one whom Jesus had cast seven demons out of, is the very woman who runs to fetch the disciples. And yet uh, she goes and she says in verse 11, she stood outside the tomb crying. She doesn't go in. And many commentators suggest that, well, Mary, she was going along to, to embalm the body uh, because Jesus hadn't been buried properly. He hadn't been buried according to the proper burial rites of the day. And so as she understands it, she is completely heartbroken because she can't bury Jesus as she would like to, to do that honorably and right. But also she sees that his body, it appears, has been stolen. But as we see that this is no natural event, it is a supernatural event. Because Mary speaks with two angels, two angelic messengers of God, both dressed in white. And they sit where Jesus lay. And they ask her, woman, why are you crying? Woman is it's not a disrespectful term, but just a general way to engage someone of that day. And to which she, she turns around and, and through the tears, she says, they've, they've taken away my Lord. They have taken away my Lord. And she's heartbroken because she, she loved Jesus. She loved him for all that she had done for him because she'd been delivered from demons. She had been freed from them by him. 
And then in another supernatural event, just in that moment, Jesus appears beside her. And she doesn't recognize him. We're not told why. And he asks her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Mistaking him for the gardener. Through her tears, she says, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Mary, she's desperate. She's broken hearted and a desperate woman just in need of knowing that her Lord Jesus is right, is in the right place. She wants to honor him. She wants to see that he is okay, that she is able to take care of his body. And as he turns to her, as Jesus turns to her again, we see not just the power of Jesus, we see the love of Jesus as he calls her by name, Mary. Mary, to which she cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she went from crying outside the tomb in despair to crying with tears of joy that she had seen the risen Lord Jesus. As Jesus calls her by name, Mary. As we believe in the resurrection because of the empty tomb, but we also believe in the resurrection because we hear the voice of the risen Lord Jesus. Because we, like Mary, receive his call. We are called to receive that and to respond to it. Because we, as we receive it, we are called, as it says in Hebrews, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did. Because as you hear the voice of the risen Lord Jesus through the preaching of his word, we're called to respond to it, to not harden our heart to it, but to respond to his call, to his voice. Respond as Mary did, as she went and told others, I have seen the Lord. Because by faith, you can see the Lord Jesus as you hear his voice calling to you through the word that you can say along with Mary, I have seen the Lord. I have met with Jesus. That you would receive him as your own because he is risen. As we believe in the resurrection because we see the empty tomb, we hear Jesus' voice, and thirdly, we know the Lord Jesus personally. At the same night when Simon Peter, John and Mary have seen the empty tomb and the risen Lord, many of the other disciples hadn't experienced it. They hadn't seen the same thing that they had. But here again, we see Jesus as he miraculously stands among his disciples in a locked room. And as he shows his wounds to them and his hands and his side to them, John tells us in verse 20, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They were overjoyed and they were commissioned by the Lord Jesus as apostles of Jesus by the power of the Spirit to go and to share the good news with everyone. To go and tell everyone the good news that Jesus is risen. However, Thomas, he wasn't there at the time and it didn't seem like he was as eager to embrace the truth as the others were. And so a week later, again with the doors locked, Jesus appears to the group where Thomas is present and he says to Thomas, put your finger here 
See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Maybe perhaps you're in a similar place to Thomas, that you are surrounded by people who are followers of Jesus. And you have maybe done your own reading when it comes to Christianity, maybe done your own research when it comes to it. Maybe you've been on a bit of a journey. If you haven't yet read the Gospel of John, then please do grab one as you leave this morning, as you look at the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life for yourself. Maybe you've seen people's lives, as we heard earlier, seen people's lives transformed by the power of God. And there is no really no other, other explanation for it. And yet, maybe for yourself, there is just something that's missing. A piece in the puzzle which you have yet to put in place. I wonder maybe, is it the fact that ultimately you have yet to surrender your life to Jesus? To say that he is in charge and I am not. That I am before the Lord, I am a sinner. But that Jesus, oh, he is my Lord and my saviour. As Thomas declares in verse 28, my Lord and my God. Can you say that this morning? Is Jesus personal to you? Do you know him as your Lord, as your God, as your friend? As the one who listens to you, the one who listens to your prayers, to your cries, who is close to you in those dark moments? Christianity is not a a vague general faith. It is a personal faith, a personal faith in a person, the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus. As Jesus calls each of us to personally believe in him. As we believe in the resurrection because we see the empty tomb, we hear Jesus' voice, we know the Lord Jesus personally. And we believe Jesus is the Son of God. After Thomas, he makes a declaration of faith. This naturally leads John to talk about other signs and the purpose of his writing. As curiously, the the gospel writer, John, he doesn't use the word miracle. He uses the word sign. As he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. As in the first part of the Gospel of John, we see that uh, John records seven signs. And those, those signs are that Jesus turned the water into wine. Jesus, he raised the royal official's son. He healed the lame man at the pool of Bethsaida. He fed the 5,000. He walked on the sea. He healed the man born blind. And number seven, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Because all these signs have a purpose. They all point to something greater. That's the point of a sign. I suppose it's a bit like if you go to holiday to Cornwall, which everyone I speak to seems to go to holiday in Cornwall. And if you go on the motorway, go down the M4, M5 to the A30, and then you park beside a sign and turn to your passenger and say, we're here, to which they say, We're not, because the point is, we're not there yet. We're just at the sign. 
We haven't arrived there yet. In the same way, miraculous signs, well, they don't point to themselves. They point beyond themselves. As signs point to their true meaning. As John says, but these, that is, these signs were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Because you, as you examine the evidence for the empty tomb, as you hear the voice of the risen Lord Jesus and acknowledge him as Lord and God, then he promises you life. Because Jesus has defeated death in the resurrection. He offers each one of us life with God, life in all its fullness, life with the living God, life with him forever. That we would be with him and enjoy that abundant life, life in all its beauty, as the Lord Jesus was crucified in weakness, but raised in power, as he welcomes us into God's presence. Don't you want that life for yourself? If you've yet to receive Jesus, then won't you come to receive him today to know the life that he holds out to each one of us as he calls to you this morning that you would receive life from the risen Lord Jesus. Jesus holds out life, eternal life, to each one of us because As we say together, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of the gospel. We thank you for the glory of the resurrection. We thank you that there is an empty tomb, that Jesus is risen as we hear his voice calling us to himself. Father, we pray that you would help us to receive Jesus, to know him personally as our Lord and our Savior, that he is the Son of God who has come to pay for the sins of the world, that we would receive him today. Help us to live in the light of the resurrection, the hope that he brings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We do hope you've enjoyed this uh, Easter Sunday celebration service. Uh, there will be uh, uh, tea, coffee, some cakes and biscuits in the back hall. Please do stay around. It would be great to, to spend some time together. Um, please, as well, as you, as you leave, uh, do pick up one of these. Uh, pray for 100 of the 100 projects uh, going on in all the FIC churches. Uh, please do pick up one of those if you have yet to do so. Uh, this evening, uh, there will also be the prayer and praise service at uh, 6 p.m. So please do come along to that. If you'd like to, to pray with someone uh, from what the Lord has spoken to you through the service this morning, please do speak to myself or Neil or, or Liz or anyone else close to you. It'd be a real pleasure and a joy to pray with you. Let me pray as we close together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy and the hope of the resurrection, that Jesus is risen, that he has defeated sin and death that we have a living hope in his name. And we praise you for that. Help us to to believe in you if if we have yet to do so, to turn to you and trust in you, know eternal life in your name. 
And help us, Lord, to live in that if we are trusting in you, to go on living with the joy and the hope of the resurrection because he is risen. Amen.